0: You are listening to First Church Charlotte. We are a very friendly church, as you can see. The only thing we really need to do is sell nachos or something during intermission, and that would complete complete all of the, the fellowship. So we're uh, glad to have my nephew Lance and his wife Brooke. They're standing right here. They're going to be with us for a few weeks here preaching around in the area. If you haven't met his wife Brooke, meet her tonight. Uh, there are some tribes in Louisiana that get their wives by stealing women. They go into a community and they steal a woman. That's how Lance got Brooke, just so you know. And um, he totally stole her and that explains everything you need to no, right there. But we uh, we're glad to have them in town for a little while. He's going to be preaching for us later on in the uh, in the uh, timeline, and uh, we are of course honored to have brother and sister Foster with us. Real quick, I'm not going to belabor this, but I want to say I first met brother and sister Foster when I was about the age my son is now. Um, and they had two sons that were a little bit younger than me in age, and in many ways, we all kind of grew up together, uh, not so much my mom and dad and Brother and Sister Foster, but us kids grew up together. They pretty much spent their time beating us about the head, neck, and shoulders on a regular basis, and uh, Brother Foster pastored in Greens, uh, Winston-Salem, I should say, uh, North Carolina, in the church there, and then he pastored many years in uh, West Monroe, and he has been an elder in my life, and of course, they're family friends, personal friends, very dear friends of my parents. And uh, we're honored to have them. When it worked out that I could have them, I was so excited. I jumped on it. I've had him scheduled a long time. Uh, brother Foster, uh, Mikasa Sukasa, make yourself at home. I hope you feel dangerously at home here tonight. And uh, come speak to us. Everybody, let's stand, let's put our hands together and receive him here at first church. God bless you, my brother.
1: I love you. I love you. Thank you, Pastor Nathan. Turn around and give somebody a Holy Ghost high five and say, I like what I feel in the house tonight. Oh my, I feel the Lord here. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There's power in this house, folks. There's power in this house. Amen. Amen. I mean, I love the worship, uh, the music, the singing. Uh, It has just been outstanding and the presence of God that we feel in this house, just beautiful. Just looking forward to being with you in this Passion Week, a week that we dedicate ourselves to God, give ourselves just a little more to God, reach for a little more of God. I think it's a very, very beautiful thing. I really do. Great to be here with... uh, Pastor Nathan and Sister Charla had a little bit of fellowship with them this afternoon and just had just such a great time. And we did. We did kind of watch you guys grow up. Amen. Amen. And you know, the good good thing about it is, you know, we've got a little North Carolina in us and a little Louisiana in us. And folks, y'all got the best of both worlds here. You got North Carolina and Louisiana right there. See? Wow. Wow. You got the best of both worlds, and uh, just appreciate them. And it just does my heart good to see what is happening here, to see growth, revival, to, to to see what God is doing through Pastor Nathan and Sister Charla. God's using them, and you need to thank God every day that they're your pastor. Amen. Amen. And then our precious friends. Brother and Sister Elms, wow, we go back forever, it seems. We're not really that old. <laughs> I just look that way. <laughs> but love these folks, great people, wonderful spirits. And we have, we have loved this family for a long, long time. And just appreciate them so much. We've been through a lot together. We have walked through some real places together, and God has blessed. I remember when this corner on Sharon Amity was a dream. I remember that. And then I remember when you you were able to purchase it. Wow. And now look. Beautiful buildings. This building, and, and we drove up and we saw. Ever, all the renovations that have taken place. It looks so fabulous. And this building over here, it's just, it, you know, Brother Elms did such a great job leading this church in planning this thing here. And then Pastor Nathan and Sister Charla has have just led to another level. And you know what? It's just, it's wonderful. I think it's a wonderful thing for a man and, and, and a woman to to have raised a son that can step into those shoes. And and it's, and and it's not the same shoes. He's not, it's like when I stepped into my dad's shoes, so to speak, but I told the church, I said, I'll never fill those shoes. I have got to, to make my own tracks. But what a beautiful family. And then we know, sister, go go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. And then we know sister, sister Charla's parents, great folks in Louisiana, so well respected. And uh, so what a, what a blessed people you are. What a blessed church, and I love the spirit of this church. I love the spirit I feel, the spirit of the people, and the spirit of God that I, that I feel here tonight. And I believe God's going to meet with us, and, and I believe God's going to do something special this week, during this during this Passion Week. And Paul and I are just so, so thrilled uh, to be here with you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose. And then to make a difference. Yeah. That's a powerful thing. When you when you really know God and, and then you become free. Right. Amen. You get set free. Yeah. And then, then you discover your purpose and you learn how to make a difference. And you begin to make a difference. Yeah. So beautiful. So I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. Uh, out of my heart tonight. I just want to title this tonight... He's still my shepherd. Turn around to somebody and say, He's still my shepherd. And so what, what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to talk about the 23rd Psalm. I, I love the, 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 the way the King James flows in that 23rd Psalm. It's so poetical. And I, I was thinking about that 23rd psalm and I begin to do a little research on it and uh, a lot of folks think that this 23rd psalm was was written by young David when he was out there watching his father's sheep but more folks more scholars feel like it was written by an older David An individual who had been through some things. In fact, uh, some say that it was probably written after the 51st Psalm. And that 51st Psalm is that Psalm of repentance. When David had so miserably and drastically failed. Some of you may remember... And some it may be new to, but David was, that the scripture actually says it was at a time when kings go to battle, that David stayed home and the scripture says he was walking on the wall of the palace and he looked over the wall and saw a woman bathing and he desired her and he sent for her and they brought her to the palace and he was the king what could she do when the king is making advances and so there was adultery and then one day the note came to the palace for Uriah her husband and brought him back home from the front lines and then David commended him and patted him on the back and said Uriah you've done a great job I want you just to take a few days off before you go back I want you to go home and enjoy your wife and, 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 and then we'll send you back and Uriah was more noble than David and Uriah said oh king I cannot do that step further and he made him drunk. He made Uriah drunk. But in his drunken stupor, Uriah still had sense. And he said, I'm not going home. I can't do that. I'm sleeping in the gate of the palace. And when it was told, David, he was furious and he couldn't believe it. And my plan has fallen apart. So he wrote a note. He put the king's seal on it. And he Uriah back to the front lines with a message for Joab the general and Joab read the note when he broke the seal and he shook his head but he knew what he must do he had to obey the note and he put Uriah on the front lines and the note said withdraw the troops but don't let Uriah know about it so he will be killed Uriah the noble man came back carrying his own death sentence. And then it was swept under the rug. Hand me that There's a bottle of water there, please. Thank you. And, and so it was swept under the rug. And then the baby was born. But the baby was sick. There was, of course, there was a marriage, and they married, and then the baby died. And then it was about a year after the adultery that the old prophet Nathan visited, and he told David a story about a rich man that that had all kind of flocks and all kind of cattle and. Everything you could want had sheep. There was a poor man that lived next door that had one prize lamb. And when a visitor came through, the rich man sent somebody next door and stole that one prize lamb and killed it and cooked it and fed it for dinner to his guest and David grew indignant and he beat on the table and he said that's not right he said you tell me who this is and I will take care of him and Nathan the prophet pointed a bony finger in David's face and he said you are the man and David fell on his face oh he was the king He could have had Nathan the prophet killed. He was the king. He could have been indignant about Nathan pointing at him. But he responded. And he fell on his face. And he uttered three powerful words when he said, I have sinned. And according to the law, and David knew the law well, and according to the law, David knew and understood that he was to be taken outside the gates of the city and stoned until he was dead. But God, because David (laughs) repented, and said, I have sinned. Almighty God reached all the way around the veil in the temple. He reached all the way into mercy and grace and brought it back and handed a handful of mercy and grace to David. And the prophet said, you're not going to die, but God has a work for you. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight, right now. God knows where you are. He knows your faults. He knows your failures. He knows the hard times and the tough times. He knows how many times you've messed up. But my God is walking the aisles right now. And he's saying, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to stone you. I'm not here to destroy you. But I'm here to love you. And so it is thought that David wrote this 23rd Psalm when Absalom had led the rebellion, his own son. And now here he is. And he knows what mercy is. He knows what grace is. He knows... What God can do and what God's done for him. For when he disappointed himself and he disappointed his family and he disappointed God. God was more than enough in his mercy. And so now here he is more than likely he has been, we know he's been outcast from Jerusalem. He's running for his life. He's waiting now to hear on the battle. And he takes a quill, dips it in some ink, and begins to write. On a scroll, you see, we feel like this has been was written by an older man because in verse three, in verse in verse five, he was old enough to have enemies. In verse four, he was facing the danger of death. In verse three, he was experiencing rest, and in verse five, he was experiencing prosperity. These are things that would have happened to an older person, someone that knew how to appreciate everything, and so he wrote the. Words, the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. What does that really mean? I know what I thought it meant when I was a kid, Brother Elms. I was raised in a in a pastor's home, and, and and I didn't understand. Pastor Nathan, I didn't understand when I would hear my dad preach, when I would hear others preach. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. And I, in my little child mind, the Lord is my shepherd, and I sure don't want him. But I lived long enough to understand that what it really means is the Lord is my shepherd and he's all I need. He's everything to me. When I've failed, when I've fallen, the Lord is my shepherd and he will pick me up when I'm in the highs and when I'm in the lows. The Lord is my shepherd. When I have doubts, the Lord is my shepherd. Wow, wow, when my son has turned against me, David said, the Lord is my shepherd and he's all that I need. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me. He he, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by the still waters. He restores my soul. I don't have time to go into all of this, but restoration blesses me. There have been times in my life when I needed restoration. I needed restoring. I was raised in a preacher's home, but I have not lived a perfect life. Uh, I, I, I want you to understand that nobody here tonight is perfect, save in Jesus Christ, who's here in the Spirit. And it doesn't matter where you are, what you've been, what you've done, I'm preaching to you that Jesus Christ is here to restore your soul. He's here to bring restoration to your situation. When, when everybody condemns me, when everybody faults me, I want to be like David, if anybody knew about restoration, David knew about restoration. Wow. When others are beating me up, God himself is restoring me. David had seen almighty God heal brokenness. Wow. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. He leads me in the right paths. He leads me the right way. I'm preaching to somebody tonight that's been trying to lead yourself you've been trying to make your own decisions but I'm telling you if you tonight will turn everything over to Jesus Christ in this week of passion if you will say Lord I cannot do it by myself I cannot do it on my own I must have you and I must have you leading me I guarantee you that Jesus will begin to lead you like you have never dreamed he's in this house he's doing something right now for you yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me let me ask you what does it take to make a shadow Somebody? You're saying it. Say it again. It takes light to make us, sh- yea, though I walk. Brother Elms, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death uh, I will fear no evil because you're with me how can he say that I'm in the valley of the shadow of death if the shadow of death is over me it means behind that shadow there is light Uh, it means the one that's making that light is almighty God is anybody hearing me right now God knows where you are God's in this house Uh, and if you're in that valley if you're in that struggle it doesn't matter where you are he knows where you are and behind that shadow is almighty God he's here he's with you he's for you Woo, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit in the house hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Now, in this fourth verse, we see something unique because we see David change from addressing God in the third person to addressing him in the second person. The Lord is my shepherd, He leads me. But then he changes, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you, he didn't say he, he said you are with me sooner or later. You've got to quit talking about God and you've got to start talking to God. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Now here's what you got to understand. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you've got if you're going to leave point A and get to point B, you gotta let go of point A. Yea, though I walk, you gotta keep walking. You gotta let go of something. In Passion Week, there's something you need to let go of. There's something you need to cut out of your life. Uh, There's something you need to get out of your heart. Uh, You you know, it could be one of it. It may be something you're looking at on your computer or on your phone, but whatever it is, it may be something a whole lot less, a whole lot more simple than that. But you've got, there's something that you need to let go of, and you've got to say, I'm going to keep walking, even if it leads me into this valley. Why? would God lead him through a valley? Because the only way to get from point A to point B, from point A where I am to point B where God wants me to go, the only way to get me there is through the valley. And he's with me in the valley. And I've got to keep walking in the valley. Now I've got to understand that the constant in my life is never the green pastures nor the still water. Oh, they come sometimes. But they're not the constant. They're not there all the time. But the constant is the presence of the shepherd. That's what the constant is in my life. Now watch verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Wow. I want uh, Brother Nathan... You got some guys? You got five guys ready for us to help me out? All right. Who, who all you got? Bring them up here. Brother Ed, you may as well come help us too. Come on, man. <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> all right. You know what? How many we got? One, two, three, four, five. Let's do one more. Can I get one more guy? Come on! Here we come. Here we go. Okay, we got it. All right, all right. Here we are. Here we are. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. What's your name? Dewan. Dewan. Yes, sir. Dewan, you are now. Your name is now officially God. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. You've always wanted to meet him. Meet God. <laughs> All right. Dewan is going to be God. Now, thou preparest. <laughs> Give me a high five, God. <laughs> thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Wow. All right, guys. Come on. Come, come around me. Now. I'm fragile. Handle me with care, okay? But these guys are representing my enemies, all right? They're representing bad guys. They're really not bad guys. They're just kind of acting like it right now. All right, so y'all push on me just lightly, lightly. Don't hurt me now. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Now, you know what happens? In the middle of all of this, in the middle of all of this, God... Prepares a table and he leads me. And here's my enemies. My enemies are still here. But okay, guys. Now God, God, kind of, kind of back them off. Pack them off, God. Back them off, God. All right, all right. God's backing them off. All right. Now remember, you're God. All you gotta do is hold your hand up. There you go. There you go. All right, all right. God prepares a table f- for me in the presence of my enemies. Now the beautiful thing about it. The beautiful thing, now God, pull your chair around over here. Pull God's chair around over here. This table's a little big, okay? There we go, there we go. But see, God can even make my enemies help me. (laughs) God's making my enemies help me, all right? Now, here's what I want you to notice. Let me get my handkerchief here. All right, God. Put a little anointing oil on there. All right, when I'm, hear me, when I'm in trouble. When I'm in the valley, when I am among my enemies... The Bible says that the Lord prepares a table. Listen, this is a, not just a table, this is a prepared table. He prepares a table, and it's not just a prepared table, it's a prepared table for two. He sets me down, and he sets down with me, and then, here, take that. You already anointed that? All right. And the Bible says, he anointeth my head with oil. You can wipe a little Holy Ghost sweat off there. There you go. Oh, man, yeah. Look at that. And he's anointing my head with oil. All right? Now, hear me and hear me well. Whenever you're in trouble, whenever you are in the middle of a valley, whenever you are in a struggle, whenever you are in a trial, he's still your shepherd. (laughs) Hear me. He has not given up on you. All right, God is still with you, and you know what He does? He anoints your head with. Oh, I'm declaring that in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a test, you're more anointed than you've ever been. Is anybody hearing me? Wherever you are tonight, if you're in the middle of a trial, you're more anointed than you've ever been. He has anointed your head with. Is anybody hearing me right now? <laughs> well, why can't I feel that anointing? Well, let me tell you one reason you may not be able to feel it. Is because when you get in a trial, sometimes this flesh has a tendency to only look at the struggle. I'm in the middle of a struggle. I, come here, enemies. I got my enemies all around me. I got my enemies pushing on me. All right? And, and I'm, I'm in a struggle and I'm trying to get out of this struggle and I'm fighting these enemies and I'm lost focus on God. All right. And God has all oh, come here, come here, God. God, bring that hanky with you, God. God has already. I'm glad God takes orders from me tonight. <laughs> God. Has, go ahead. God has already anointed my head with oil. Is anybody hearing me preach? And so what I got to do, even though my enemies are pushing on me, alright? Uh, you know what I got to do? I got to get my focus off my struggle and I got to get my focus on my God yeah. and I got to say, God I'm following you. Alright? Now turn around. And I'm following God. wherever. Now they're, they're, they're still my enemies, uh, but I'm following God. Is yeah. anybody hearing me? It's Time to get your mind off your trouble. It's time to get your mind off your struggle. And it's time to get your mind on God. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. I said, I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Woo, woo! Woo! All right, God, pop open, crack open three or four of those bottles. Here we go. There we go. All right now. Uh, Some of of you enemies there. God wants you to get one of those trays and put it up here. (laughs) Yeah, right over here. Right over here. I want to look at the time here while he's getting those bottles open. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Now, here's the thing. The Bible says that my cup... Now, notice, in the presence... Of mine enemy, he prepares a table. Right. Not only that, he anoints my head with oil. Not only that, he overflows my cup. Right. All right, start pouring. All right, now watch this. Watch this. Now, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What's happening? Wait a minute. It, 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 it's broke. You gave me a, I've got a broke cup. <laughs> well, keep, keep pouring. Keep pouring. He's trying to overflow me. Hear me. Is anybody hearing me? All right. Here's I want to preach to you a little bit right now. Sometimes uh, we do not let God heal our brokenness. uh, And when we're in the middle of a struggle, God is wanting to overflow us. But we're so broken because we've not given ourselves totally to him. And we've not let him heal our brokenness that we can't hold the blessings and the overflowing that God has. I'm preaching to somebody right now. However broken you are tonight, God's here to begin the healing process tonight, right now. God's in this house now. He's ready to heal you. He's ready to put you back together again. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. God's ready to heal your brokenness. Because a broken vessel can't hold those blessings. He pours and he pours and he pours and it just runs out. But when that vessel, when that vessel is healed, Amen. when the brokenness is healed, you know what happens? My cup overflows. <laughs> Keep pouring. My cup overflows. Oh man, it's getting full now. Now it's overflowing. Keep pouring. Crack open some more bottles. Oh, look at here. Look at here. Look at here. Your cup's overflowing. Now, do you know why your cup is overflowing? It's not overflowing just for you to say, oh wow, look at all these blessings. God's wanting you To get your eyes off of your trouble. And he wants you to operate out of overflow. Is anybody hearing me? And when I operate out of overflow. He has filled me up. So that I can pour out to somebody else. And pour out to somebody else. And pour out to somebody else. And pour out. And And then you know what? The bottle keeps coming with me. And it keeps flowing. The bottle keeps flowing. Thanks for catching me. My enemies caught me there. Thank you God for helping me. All right. Now, you've got to operate out of your overflow when you're in the middle of the valley. When you're in the middle of trouble, when you're in the struggle. Now what you've got to do, remember, you've got to keep walking. Yea, though I walk. Uh, It doesn't say, yea, though I camp. Uh, Yea, though I pitch a tent in the valley. Yea, though I build a house in the valley. God didn't tell you to pitch a tent in the valley. God didn't tell you to build a house in the valley. God told you to shake yourself and keep walking. I'm walking in the valley. I'm walking in the valley. Because I'm getting through the valley. I'm not staying in the valley I'm getting through the valley is anybody hearing me preach guys we got a little water up here y'all don't slip okay now we'll need somebody to clean this up for us here all right now oh hey God's on it did you hear what God said God said enemies Ooh, i'll take a high five god there we go. all right now here's what i want you to do come here come here guys come here god all right i need two of you two of you to come out here and help well i'll tell you what i need let me i need one strong guy one you got a good back Yeah. All right. yes, sir. <laughs> all right all right all right and you okay here we go here we go right here now where's the uh here we go here's the candy all right are we having fun all right surely goodness and mercy shall follow me i'm bringing this to a close all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever (laughs) surely goodness and mercy will follow me all right Uh, do you do you hear me we've got goodness and we got mercy somebody say goodness and somebody say mercy and somebody say go on god lead on god all right, now here, here I've got I've got some enemies around. Come on, now y'all not pushing me because God's kind of held you off, but I've got I've got you around. But you know what? I'm following God, and as long as I'm following God, you know what's happening. You know what what's happening? Mercy, our, our goodness is pouring blessings on me. Pour some blessings right up here. Yeah. Okay. Look look at that. Look at that. I'm walking with God, and goodness uh, is pouring some blessings on me. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah. Now watch close. All right now. Now watch close. Watch close now. I may stumble even though I stumble. You know what happens? Uh, mercy is there to catch me. Even if I make a mistake, uh, even if I falter and begin to fall, mercy is there to catch me. And so I'm still going. I'm following God and, and goodness is pouring on me. I may fall but mercy is there to catch me. I'm preaching to somebody right follow you all the days of your life let's everybody stand together clap your hands to Jesus right now oh I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in the house hallelujah 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus knows where you are. He knows all about your trouble. He's here. He's here to supply your need right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now tonight, if you have a spiritual need, If you have a physical need. If you have a spiritual need. If you need the Holy Ghost. You need to be baptized. Or you need to draw closer. If you have a spiritual need. If you have a physical need. If you have an emotional need. If you have a relational need. A relationship need. Whatever it is. That you need. Physical. Spiritual. Praise your name, God. Hallelujah. Now, would you just slip your hands up and just tell him, Lord, I need you. Forgive my every sin, forgive my every failure, forgive my every shortcoming. Thank you because you loved me before I loved you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Jesus is operating in this place tonight. And he's doing something beautiful in hearts and lives.
0: Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.